But I, I just think it's time for, for a new guy. But First John chapter 3, if you remember last week, there was one topic that we hit again and again and again. It was the topic of love, that as Christ followers, children of light, children of God, we are to love others. We, in fact, are the ones who love others. Now, none of us are perfect in this. But it's important to remember that as new creations, as children of God, those who have been born again by God's Spirit, we are defined by our love for God and our love for others. In fact, the Bible we read last week tells us the difference between us and the children of the devil. It is obvious. And you can see the difference just by watching how we behave and how we treat one another. We are not haters. We are lovers. We are lovers of God and lovers of people. In today's passage, John is going to continue this theme of love. Now, before I read, if you've been following along on this journey through 1 John, one of the main goals of this letter, and I hope that you've, you've caught on to this, one of the main goals is for us to remember who we are, followers of Christ, and whose we are, children of God. That we are followers of Christ, we are children of of God. And in chapter 3, John does this amazing jo- job of reminding us that we are God's children. And as God's children, we love. And we don't love just by our words, right, or by what we say. We actually love through our actions and we love in truth. That's what First John tells us, 3 uh, verse 18. Today's passage is 19 through 24, but for 19 to 24 to really make sense, I want to read it in context of the passage that we looked at last week. So we'll do verses 11 through 18, and then we'll transition into 19 through 24. But before I read, uh, would you bow your heads, and let's go ahead and pray. This is such a beautiful part of the service, Lord, where we open up your holy word. And we get to discover who you are, your heartbeat, your characteristics, your nature. God, I pray that we would discover who you are, but also discover who we are in Christ. That we would leave here transformed and changed by your Holy Spirit. Illuminate the word by your spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own deeds, they were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brother, that the world hates you. We know that we've passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love, he abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know, love, that Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brother's. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit 
whom he has given us. Amen. I want to focus today on verses 21 through 24. He, he says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and we do what pleases him. I love these verses. I think this is an amazing passage because here, once again, God is reminding us of who we are, that we're followers of Jesus Christ. We are the ones who keep God's commandments and we do what pleases him. Now, are we perfect in that? I'm not. <laughs> have you sinned lately? I know I have. I think we all sin a lot more than, than we wish that we did. But it's important to understand that as born again followers of Jesus, at the core of who we are, we are now children of God. And as children of God, our greatest desire, as new creations, our greatest desire is to keep God's commandments and do what pleases Him. Have you noticed that? Like at the depth of who you are, you want to live a life that honors God, pleases God, and keeps His commandments. This is extremely powerful when you take it to the subject of prayer. We all pray. We've prayed several times today. But with this verse in mind, this means when we're petitioning God, when we're asking God, I am coming to Him as His child. And a child, by the way, keeps His commands. And I desire to please Him more than anything else. So when I'm praying, I'm going to be asking things, only things that are in alignment with His commands, that are in alignment with His will, and only for things things that please God. Why? Because that's who I am. Now, do we always pray that way? I wish we did, right? I wish I did, but in our flesh, we often do not. But I love the Word of God. You open the Word, and the Word reminds us, no, 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 this is who you are. The Bible shares this great truth about prayer, and He tells us that when we pray, from a pure desire to obey and please the Lord, from a desire to keep His commandments. The Bible says that when you pray this way, whatever we ask of Him, we receive from Him. He says when you keep your commands, and I was reading that this week, I was like, okay, well, what are these commandments? These commandments sound kind of important. I think I would want to know what these commandments are. Jesus, would you just tell me what these commandments are? And John, in the very next verse, tells us what these commandments are. John answers, he says, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and we say it with me, love one another, just as he has commanded us. If you want to memorize a verse, I think memorizing verses is a wonderful thing to do. But if you want one to memorize, memorize this one. 1 John, and you might want to write it down. 1 John, chapter 3, verse 23. 1 John, chapter 3, 23. Because memorize it, because sometimes Christians, sometimes churches, including ours, we just kind of overcomplicate the whole Christianity thing. And if Christianity and being a Christian ever feels just a little confusing or a little bit overwhelming, just take a step back and remember that at the core of your faith is this verse. Number one, believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And number two, love one another. Like Jesus says in chapter 15 of John, he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. A couple chapters before that, he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. It's as if Jesus, you know, kind of comes down to us and says, hey, Dan, and I turn around and go, yes, Jesus. He goes, hey, so you want to follow me? I was like, oh, man, Jesus, I would love to follow you. Just tell me what to do. And he's like, well, just come close. 
love others. Love others. There's a point in the Bible, Matthew chapter 22, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Remember when he says that? And then he says, the second is like it. You're going to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. It's this great commandment from Jesus. This is what Jesus is asking us to do. Again, we complicate it so much in in our religion, but this is what Jesus is asking us to do. Love the Lord your God with everything you've got and love one another. Love one another. And here's 1 John. It highlights this truth once again. This is the commandment that we believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and we love one another just as he has commanded us. You'll notice John adds something, doesn't he? He adds something to what Jesus had said. John tells us, he goes, well, actually, first you have to believe in the one who commands you to love others. Right? So you actually have to put your faith and your trust in Jesus, believe in his name. If you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't trust Jesus, why would you even do what he obeys? There's no reason to obey his commands. First, you have to believe in his name. But then second, you actually have to do what he asks you to do. Actually follow him, obey what he asks you to do. Love one another. Again, the great call of being a Christian. The great command that we are asked to follow Love one another. I hope you've heard the word love a thousand times so far today. Hopefully you'll hear it another thousand. Love, 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 love. In fact, love is so important to God that he says that whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments. We keep this commandment to love. Do you see that? Love. It's so important. And yet I think we've all been around Christians and the church long enough to know that we've kind of tried to create, invent a Christianity where you don't have to love others. And we do this because loving others is really hard. Sometimes in our own strength, let's be honest, it feels impossible. And it might be impossible on our own. And so we got to figure that out, right? That's kind of a conundrum. That's a problem. So this is what a lot of us do. We create a version of Christianity where you can be this amazing, strong person of the faith, but still hate your brother or hate your sister. And I find we go from church to church until somebody tells us, yeah, you know, that's okay. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Have you ever done that before where you take this bad theology of trying to be a Christian but still hating others, but you you take it from church to church instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to soften your heart and to actually change you to be more loving? You just find a church where someone finally uh, says, oh, yeah, you can, you know, uh, be a great Christian and still hate your brother and sister. You know, that's wonderful. And then what do we say? We go, oh, I finally found a safe place to be me. Have you ever done that before? I mean, it's very tempting. In my own life, I have wanted to do that so many times. Because if I'm honest, I'm just like you. I got some hurts, right? I got some wounds. I got some pain. And every one of those hurts, wounds, and pain has a name attached to that, doesn't it? You know the name of that person. And it's hard. And there's a part of you that's just like, man, I just, I, I don't know if I can do this. And God understands that. That's why he puts these verses in the Bible, And he goes on and he continues to speak and it's so important that we hear him and what he's trying to say today. He says, whoever keeps his commandments, this is so important. So whoever loves one another, this is so powerful to me. 
abides in God and God in him. Wow. So again, remember who you are, whose you are, a follower of Christ, a child of God, and as a child of God, obey the commands of God. And if you're obeying the commands of God as Christ has loved you, you're going to love others. And you're going to find the supernatural love, not from your own strength, but a love of God as he has loved you, you're going to love others. And the supernatural love is going to be expressed in you and through you to everyone around you. And as that happens, you're going to have this confidence grow within you that I abide in God and God abides in me. And by the way, that's my favorite part of being a Christian. By far, my favorite part of being a Christian is that I abide in God and God abides in me. That he's with me. Like I don't have to go on some spiritual quest and climb some dangerous mountain to find God. I don't have to pull out my 10 steps to faith and, and follow each one just right and like, ta-da, look what I've done. You know, here I am, God. I don't have to find God somewhere out there. God is in here. Did you know that? <laughs> Do you believe that? That God is in here. And as we keep this command to love others, we have this confidence. The confidence of a relationship with the Father that we abide in God and God abides in us. I am in Him and He is in me. And this abiding relationship, it grows. If you've been a Christian, you know that it grows. As you give Him permission, it grows. And guess what grows? Your desire to please God. It grows. You know what else? It grows your desire and your obedience to love other people. It grows. As you abide in God and God abides in you, love grows. Did you know that you're supposed to be more loving today than you were yesterday? As you continue in this relationship with the Father, that you are growing in love, all because we abide in Him and He abides in us. This relationship, Christianity, is not some intellectual endeavor where you discover God through a history book. No, it's this beautiful, powerful relationship where you are in Him and He is in you. And out of relationship, you keep His commands. Out of relationship, you wake up to, live other, to love others and to please God. You abide in Him and as you do, you grow. And I love this about being a Christian. It is just this amazing place to be as a human being walking on planet Earth. Hallelujah. Whoever keeps his commandments, church, abides in God and God in him. Do you believe that? Then he says, by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. So how do we really know that he abides in me? As John says, he says, you know by the spirit. You know by the spirit whom he has given us. You know by the spirit of God who is inside of you, the Holy Spirit. As I shared last week, how often, way too often, I have felt my heart being closed towards those around me. And yet in those times, the Holy Spirit has always been faithful to remind me of who I am. Has he ever done that to you? He reminds me of who I am. And he doesn't let me stay in that place. By the way, if you've been in that place, you know how dark that place can be. But he reminds me, Dan, you're a Christian. 
a child of light, a child of God, and the Holy Spirit begins to breathe on me and soften my heart towards those around me, and even the fruit of the Spirit begins to be produced. It's developed within me, and I begin to express even God's characteristics, His grace, His kindness, His compassion, and His love to others. Aren't you thankful, I spring, for the Holy Spirit that is inside of you? Hallelujah. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. You know, one of my favorite parts of the Holy Spirit being inside of me is the reminding that he does. Have you noticed the reminding that he does? John, uh, Jesus talks about this in John chapter 14. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and here it is, and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Thank you, Jesus, for going back to the Father and sending us the Holy Spirit to remind us. And so the Holy Spirit in these moments, he's reminding us of who we are and whose we are. Dan, remember who you are. Dan, you're mine. Dan, you've been bought with the blood of Christ. Dan, I made you a new creation. Dan, you are born again. You've been brought from darkness to light. You do not have to live in the darkness any longer. You are a child of light. Dan, you no longer have to live dead in your sins. No, I have brought you into life. And he continues to speak. Often the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to me, you know what he says? He says, wake up. Wake up. Those negative things that you're thinking about that person, you have the power not to think those negative things about that person any longer. Those negative things you're wanting to do to that person, you do not have to do those negative things to that person any longer. Remember who you are, whose you are. You are a follower of Jesus. You are a child of God and you follow my commands. You love me and you love others. Abide in me and Danny boy, I'm going to abide in you. Hallelujah. His voice constantly speaking and encouraging and teaching and leading. And as he does, have you, I, mean, I don't know if you've been there before, but just as he speaks to you, a confidence and an assurance just rises up within you. Truly, my God abides in me and I in him. And I know he abides in me and I know I abide in him because he speaks to me and he leads me from his temple that is within me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what I love about this? This is a room full of Christians. Full of Christians. I just love you guys. And what's great about you being a Christian is that God's Spirit abides in every one of you. I mean, some of you I know a little bit. Some of you I don't know. But I know that the Spirit of God is in you. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. You've been adopted into the family of God. You have this beautiful gift of God's Spirit in you. And I believe, I know this to be true. God is helping you. God's Spirit is helping you. Even as I've been speaking, as I've been uh, going through this message, the Lord is speaking. In fact, even as we're speaking, you're sitting in these chairs. God is resourcing you. God is equipping you. God is giving you what you need, the power that you need to love others as yourself. And so we're a people of love. In fact, right now, this is a room full of people who keep the Lord's commandments. We are the ones who love one another. Are we perfect in that? No, right? I think we all mess up a lot more than we wish, we, or a lot more than we want to. But at the core of who we are, we're Christians. We're sons and daughters of God, and we love one another. You know how I really know that we love one another? Because even when we sin towards each other, we are the first to apologize. We're the first to say, I'm sorry. Again, because we love one another. And the word tells us that those who keep his commandments, those who love 
one another. This is what the Bible said. We just read it. It says, we receive what we ask. And Micah, if you'd come on up, those who love one another, we receive what we ask. And so I thought we'd close this service out by praying for one another, that we'd approach God and we'd ask him. We just pray out of our great love for one another. Often, if I'm honest, when I'm praying, I'm praying from, you know, me. But today we're going to pray from a burden and a passion and a love for the person sitting next to you. And we don't have to take a long time with this. In fact, please don't overcomplicate this. Uh, just maybe the person you came with, the person next to you, maybe uh, two people. If uh, you see another person uh, by themselves, make it a group of three or a group of four. Again, don't overcomplicate this, but just ask the person, how can I be praying for you? Let them share. But then pray for one another. Again, this is what it means to be a Christian. This is part of the gig, is that out of a love for one another, we would pray for one another. And I honestly believe that God will hear these prayers and he will answer our prayers. We're going to spend time together, just a couple of minutes, and then afterwards I want to close us with prayer. But go ahead and find the person next to you, two or three people. Simply ask them, how can I pray for you? And then just spend some time praying for one another.